Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's edition of the Ninth State Sports Show. My name is Joe Marcellina, and for the next half hour, we'll be talking some NHIAA football with my guest this week, Conval football coach Paul Landau. But first, let me remind you that every Wednesday at 7, I'll be down here at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua talking high school football. You can be a part of the conversation by me emailing us at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. And as always, the show will be available to listen to Thursday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com. All right, now that that's out of the way, let's say hello to Paul. Coach, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on and uh, excited to be here. And this is a great place. I've never been here before. Yeah, so thanks, for, uh, thanks for driving all the way out here. I imagine it's uh, quite a quite a tr uh, trek this time of day to get out to Nashua from Peterborough. Uh, it's a, a hell of a ride going out 101. Yeah, there's, there's a little traffic and all those lights, but uh, we're, we're really happy to be having the season that we're having and, and getting some publicity for that. So I'll, I'll do anything to make sure my guys get a little credit for what they're doing. Yeah, let's. Um, I wanted to ask you about that to start off with. Just, you know, you guys are coming off a really big win um, over Hollis Brookline last Saturday. Uh, a team that you, you guys have had su su some success with in the past, uh, but this year you guys, both teams are, are a little bit, I think, uh, at a higher level. How are the guys reacting to that win this week? You know, have, have they just kind of taken it in stride, or have you noticed any difference? Um, I'd, I'd say a little bit of both. I think, um, you know, we talked a little bit after our game about how we have some had some big goals coming into this season with as, as far as playoffs are concerned and things like that. So their eye is on the prize for sure. But, um, that, you know, that was a really emotionally satisfying win. Um, we talked on Monday about I gave him Monday off and I wanted him to kind of have that extra day to really kind of revel in that a little bit and appreciate it because I'm um, not only just playing a good football team like Hollis Brookline on the road at their place uh, where they were really fired up you know I know that they had mentioned in the paper about how they've been circling this game on uh, on their calendar looking forward to playing against us so we knew it was gonna be a big game and a hard-fought game um, and then to add that extra just drama of losing the guys that we did as that game went on, it was just unbelievable to, to kind of see that team effort that we gave. Um, so, you know, we let them have that one a little bit and enjoy that one a little bit longer because it was a good win. Yeah, I, well, I'm sure uh, as hard-hitting as it was, they probably appreciated the extra day for that too. But, I get, you know, I even got a couple text messages um, the next day as kind of the story got out about, you know, having your, your backup come in, sophomore backup come in and lead that kind of uh, second half there where, you know, th you know, throwing for a couple touchdowns, running for another. Just I, I think uh, you guys were opening eyes to begin with, but maybe that one even more so kind of showed, you know, what direction you guys are heading in. Yeah, I think it was a it was a real testament to the depth that we have uh, in our group this year and the amount of hard work that a lot of guys have done behind the scenes. Um, you know, last year, we had a couple guys get their name in the paper a lot um, for putting up good numbers, and they deserve that coverage. You know, you hear about Dan Spezaferi all the time, rightly so, because he's a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, you've heard about Liam on our team the last couple of years. He's been one of the big bright spots uh, in my time at Conval. Le Liam Baldwin, Liam Baldwin the senior, yep, yeah. Yep, senior. He's, uh, he's got the state reception record, whatever it is, it's going to be his. Uh, I don't think anyone else is close to his career. Um, so he's done some big things for us. His name's been out there. Uh, Isaac's another one who came on last year as a junior playing football for the first time and, you know, did some amazing things on the field and got us some recognition that way. But, you know, for us to, to win a game, you know, all those guys played big, but to have other guys, unknown guys, step up and really do the job, it showed that we've become like a complete football team. And I think that's the biggest difference that we've had this year is uh, 
how complete of a team we've we've become. You know, last year we had a lot of offensive games where we felt like we could have won if we played better defense and spread the ball around a little more. And we were able to do a lot of different things this year that have helped. It's starting to come together the way you kind of anticipate or you envision, I imagine, as a coach that the offense and the defense are both showing up week in and week out, you know, giving you that kind of balance that you need, right? Yeah, it's important. I mean, we talked, you know, we, our first game of the year, we dropped to Milford, um, and that was a, it was a well-fought game in the second half for us. And, you know, we sat back as coaches and as a football team after that game and said, we outscored a perennial playoff team 28 to 14 in the second half. Like, that's a game that you need to be able to win. So you look at, well, what did the defense need to do better in the first half? How could the offense have taken care of the football better to, to not give them extra possessions? So you need that complete effort. And I think one of the other things we talked about, and it's the cliche of the, the three phases, but if you look at that game against Hollis, we both scored five touchdowns. And the difference in that game was Isaac was perfect on his extra points, and we converted our only two-point try, and we held them to one for five on their two-point conversions. And that was the difference in that game. So that's another area that we've just improved and guys have really worked, and, and they understand now all the how important each piece is in, in winning games and big games like that. He had a Isaac Bacon you're talking about there. He had a couple of nice punts too, especially that one – uh, at the end where it pin, pinned Hollis down at their t what, one or two yard line. So, I mean, to add that into it too, you mentioned the special teams. It's just, uh, it was a completely, I, a complete game for you guys, it felt like. I mean, I know to give up, you maybe don't want to give up that many points, but, you know, when, a, when you're going against a team that has that kind of quarterback, that kind of receivers, it's kind of, as long as you're able to keep pace, I guess, right? But, but yeah, the, the special teams you were talking about, that was, it wasn't just the extra points, I thought. I thought the, 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 punting the coverage was pretty good too yeah that field position I mean it's a huge thing and it feels like in big games field position always matters more um, so you look at like Hollis's first touchdown they scored on a really short field when we had a punt block or they blocked our punt excuse me so that just showed you right there I mean they had 20 yards to go and you can't give an offense like that 20 yards uh, Joey Delaney's been playing great at quarterback they have uh, the big receiver Matt Simcoe the other kid Brian Delaney who's been really good this year so we knew going into it that it was going to be a game that might be decided by one score that might come down to one key stop. Um, you know, obviously we would have liked to have played a little bit better on defensively. We, we had them in like two fourth and goal situations where we gave up touchdowns and those are tough. Um, but we, you know, we never, we never quit. We never backed down and we, we just kept going and kept coming along. Even with our, our sophomore backup in there, we just kind of kept playing football and staying together and guys kept rallying every time something happened. Um, and special teams were a big part of that uh, as well. So it was just, again, total complete team effort, and it was awesome to see. I want to ask you a little bit about your, your background, too. I uh, imagine that there's still a, a good year, you know, up, an up-and-coming coach, I'd say, in the, in the state. There's still probably Let's some people so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people who are, you know, don't know as much, but you, you played at UNH. Um, when, when, did you, when were you there? Uh, my freshman year at UNH was 2003. Um, and I, I actually hurt my back my, my sophomore year, but I was in the same uh, recru recruiting classes, Ricky Santos, Dave Ball, Nick Couturier, uh, all those guys that had really outstanding careers at UNH. We all came in together. Um, so that was a great group to be a part of and to see that kind of level of football being played uh, definitely shaped where I'm at as a coach. At, at what point did you decide? Because you came, you came out of college, um, started coaching uh, as an assistant at Sauhegan, you know, at what point did you decide that that was going to be something, you know, a path that you wanted to take, you know, to, in, to get into coaching? 
I think I, so I actually, as you know, I worked as a journalist for a little while and, and did a lot of freelance stuff. And, and part of it, I guess, was a little bit of fate. Uh, people stopped reading newspapers a lot more. Um, and it made Re- it Really? I never would have, I, I didn't I, know that. Did you know that? Is <laughs> yeah, that, um, yeah, I might have heard that once or twice. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that became hard to find a job um, in journalism. So I actually started looking at teaching and thinking about teaching. It was like, well, if I'm going to teach, I really want to coach. Um, you know, I'd been an athlete all my life and you kind of have that competitive drive in you and, and to lose the ability to play competitive team sports, you're kind of looking for other outlets for that. Um, and coaching went really well hand in hand with the idea of going back to school and becoming a teacher. And I was really fortunate enough that at that given, at that point in time, Mike Bellevue was looking for an assistant coach. Um, and, you know, I had a great meeting with him and really fit in well at Sohegan and, and got to learn from, you know, one of the best, if not the best head coaches in, in the state. Um, football wise so I learned a lot with him in those couple of years we had some really really outstanding teams when I was there um, and once I got back into football after you know a year or two off it was just you know you get hooked uh, I love this game I've loved it my entire life um, so to have the opportunity to be a part of that in any way was something I really jumped at and and coaching just was a really good fit for me and my personality and it's been fun how did the opportunity with um, with Conval come up because you you were there what a year as an assistant right and then yes. and then took over as the head coach you know when when that i mean did you did you know right away that you eventually wanted to be a head coach or did you kind of you know as you were working as an assistant say hey you know what i think i can do this i think you know as a goal for me eventually i, I knew i'd want to be a head coach at some point um and then the question just became when i'd be ready to be a head coach you know i i I was fortunate, like I said, to work with Mike and learn a lot of stuff from him and see the game and see the way that he did it. I also, in a different sport, worked with Tim Conway, uh, coaching American Legion Baseball, and he's probably one of the best baseball coaches in the state. He doesn't have a head coaching gig in high school right now, but he'll get one eventually, and wherever he is, they'll be really lucky. Um, So seeing that side of it and kind of wanting to be able to put my own stamp on a team was something that I kind of figured I would want to do. Um, And then at Sauhegan, my last year there as an assistant coach I had moved up to be the defensive coordinator and Mike ended up retiring at the end of that season um, going out with a a great group of kids we had with Jay Kennedy and Tyler Ford and all those guys so at that point in time I actually went after the Sohegan head coaching job and was a finalist for that and didn't get it and then I was kind of at like a point where I was looking at what my next move was going to be and I had just gotten a job teaching in the Conval School District um, and I had the opportunity to kind of be an assistant coach at a couple of different places. Conval was one of them, and it just felt like a good fit, one, because I was teaching there and kind of getting to know those kids. Uh, but two, I felt like there was going to be an opportunity there to kind of move up and become a head coach. So I jumped on that. And, I mean, that's something I think that maybe people don't think about or don't realize um, anymore is that it's so – unique I think for coaches to and and especially when you get to the assistant level for the coach to be in the school I mean because you you know maybe there's some schools where like you are now the head coach you're in the school district um for assistants to be in the school district I mean it's almost it's almost to be teachers I mean almost unheard of in in some places especially in a in the smaller when you get into the smaller areas so I mean that's got to be very beneficial I would think you know and 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 made it a made the transition maybe a little bit easier for you yeah absolutely I think um you know I think schools themselves they they jump at the chance to get assistants that are within the the school district um but sometimes finding 
you know, that marriage of somebody that's a teacher that also wants to give up their time to coach after school is tough. So um, it, it makes an unbelievable difference. I think in order to really truly do the job to the, your fullest extent as a head coach in a high school, uh, being in the building is just, um, you know, you can't replace what it's like to be in a building. I mean, especially when we're talking high school level, when you're really looking at trying to create great young men and great student athletes and student being such a big part of that, just to be able to be in the school and check in on kids in free periods and see how they're doing and have teachers know you. And, you know, I can recruit in the hallways. I mean, that's one of the ways we got Isaac Bacon, who's been a huge part of our team is just seeing kids in the hallway and saying like, Hey, have you ever thought about playing football? And that part of it makes a big difference too. So it's been great being in that in that school district and being in the high school now as the head coach being in there as an assistant coach is nice i'm fortunate enough now tim conway's a, a a teacher within the district um for a long time i had steve barch who was a former head coach who stayed on as an assistant coach being in the building so i think that's made a big difference in us being able to build this program a little bit faster you got another former head coach on your staff too there uh yes talk mike to coming into out of retirement i guess right at, at some point to to come back and coach with you yeah I think um you know like I said I, I I learned more football from Mike than I could talk about on this show um so when the opportunity came up for me to be a head coach I knew that I was going to want to look at putting in like a spread offense as our as our offensive system so I had kind of targeted Tim as somebody that I wanted to be my offensive coordinator but he had never really been a part of football since high school so it was one of those things where like okay if we want to run this offense who's the best person in the state that we can get and you know fortunately enough for me I had a good relationship with Mike um, so I was able to kind of talk to him and, and kind of tell him what we wanted to do and, and present how I wanted to run the offense and how I was hoping to build this program and it was something that I was really lucky that he jumped on the chance I think you know he had so much success at Sohegan and this was kind of a different challenge for him to come in and help turn around a program that had struggled off and on over the years so getting him is just invaluable the experience that he has the knowledge he has you know even as I learn as a head coach he's somebody that I can say well what do you think about this and bounce ideas off of and and there's no situation that he hasn't seen in a high school game so to have him on staff has been is a, a big piece of this turnaround yeah you mentioned you know the the program has you know kind of historically has kind of struggled at times um you know it's been what I, 2009 i think was the last playoff year correct um yep. you know coming into this year what was what did you feel like was different what was gonna allow you guys to have the success and 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 how hard was it to get to this point you know from those earlier seasons that were you know pretty tough yeah it's it's been a lot of work um you know one of the big things that i we, we talked about right away when I got into the school was a weight program and, and getting that consistency of, of how to prepare for a season. Um, you know, we actually started doing lifting during the school year at 6 a.m. to try to give kids a chance to lift that were in-season athletes like in the basketball program or lacrosse and, and wrestlers. So that piece kids really bought into and, and started working hard in the offseason, um, which was a big piece of kind of getting things turned around. And then Honestly, we, we're fortunate enough this year we have a junior class that's really talented. They had actually won a state championship uh, in middle school football. We have a really solid senior class this year, too. And those guys have played a ton of football. Uh, I got a lot of juniors this year that we kind of identified as kids when they were freshmen. Like, these kids are going to be able to play. And some of them played as freshmen. Dan Curran, 
started most of the year as a freshman playing nose tackle. Uh, he couldn't have been more than 160 pounds. Uh, Jake Phillips is a kid that played, uh, you know, really well for us in that one win we had at Hollis Brookline. He played some middle linebacker for us, and now he's playing linebacker and tackle. You know, Jimmy Stewart, Liam. Liam's been playing since he's a freshman. So we got a lot of guys that kind of took their lumps the last couple of years. Um, my first year we won that one game, and, and it was good to get out of that streak that we had been on where the, the program had been so down the year before. And then last year we were kind of able to build a more competitive program, but you're still learning how to win. Yeah. And that was the biggest step, I think, is, is being in those situations and understanding how to react to those situations. And when you get younger guys playing, they kind of get to see more and learn more and don't panic as much. And, um, you know, we've been fortunate as it's built that guys have gotten a lot of that experience. I've gotten better as a head coach. Um, all of us have learned how to work better as a staff. Uh, but the kids have just really bought in, and this year they're playing just a lot more confident football. And they're also having fun playing for one another, and I think you kind of saw that. Uh, they got like they were lucky enough to get interviewed at the end of the game by New Hampshire Sports Page and, and Pete. And when Pete was interviewing them, it was like the whole team, and they were all just talking about how much fun that they had playing the game together. And that's been a big piece of it too is building that camaraderie. So it's been a lot of work by a lot of people, um, none more than the kids that we have in the program to really get it to where we're at right now. You know, how has, um, yeah, I, I got to say, as far as, you know, this season and being on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, I, the mo I think the most or one of the most uh, responses I get is from your parents, your uh, booster club. I don't know if they're it's a booster club or not, but but a lot of the parents, I you know, I get retweets or favorites or liking this or commenting on things and and it's you know it's all been positive and just it seems like the at least from that aspect the community is really kind of embracing them too like that that there's some excitement about what you guys are doing at least within you know the school yeah uh, we have a we have an unbelievable community in the in the Conval school district in Peterborough and the the eight towns that make up our district um the support that we've had, even in the years that we're down, has been phenomenal. And, and, you know, you could really tell that they were kind of hungry to support a team that was doing well. Um, and, and they supported us when we were down. But now that we're, we're having a really good season, you're just seeing that more and more and that, that pride that people are taking in the team. And I think the way we play the game, too, is what a lot of people are proud of in the town. And we try to play the right, right way to represent everything that Conval stands for. Um, but, you know, I look at the, like that Hills, that Hollis Brookline game, excuse me. Um, I felt like we had more fans there than they did. And I felt like it was a big difference in that game was any time we needed to get momentum or energy, we could turn around and our crowd was right there and they were going nuts. You know, and we talked about how important it would be for them to come and they responded to that. We've had over a thousand people at our at our home games and just seeing those people there coming out to watch football and get excited and, and the fan support that they've been giving us. You know, I can walk around in town now and like four or five people will just stop me like football team's doing really well. It's awesome to see. <laughs> Is that weird when, when that happens? I love it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a New England guy. Um, you know, I've always loved kind of like that small town life of just, you know, be, being able to go out and, and have somebody say like, oh, that's the football coach. Like that's that's what it's about for me. I, I love um, I love that piece of it. I love the community aspect of it. You know, and Conval is a great community to be that type of a person in. Um, 
So yeah, it was definitely a little weird at first uh, when, you know, when my first year when we won that one game and like people are still coming up to you and saying like, hey, keep doing a great job. You're doing better. It's nice because, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel like it. And they were always there to support me and, and pick the team up in those years. And, and now to, to kind of get it on the other end is pretty special. I, I always find it weird. I, I It hasn't happened in a while, probably because my mug's not in the, the print anymore. Uh, but I, I mean, I would get and always older people too would come up and say hey you're that guy and then never introduce themselves it was like talk to me like i'm their best friend and then you know you you, but you never know who they are at least that was on my experience was no one would ever introduce themselves yeah i think uh especially too where we have a that like small town vibe kind of going on in peterborough and some of the other towns like everyone knows you and they kind of expect you to know them so you know, I'm I'm sure. I apologize if you're out there listening. That I've had conversations with people <laughs> that I have no idea who they are, but they just want to share, you know, a nice word about what we're doing. Um, which it it's funny for sure to to have just random people come up to you and be, recognize you and 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 compliment you on the work you're doing. Um, but that's a, that's a pretty special thing too. So I certainly uh, certainly appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking looking ahead, um, you know, to the rest of this season, you obviously it's it's it feels like it's flying by. Three weeks left um, in the regular season. Um, oh, and I'm drawing. You've got Pelham this week, right? Correct. Uh, and then you finish with St. Thomas on the road, and then Wyndham at home, right? Or yes. is it the other? Okay. Yep. That uh, it looks pretty challenging on paper. Uh, do you guys feel like? Are you looking forward? Can you tell if the kids are looking forward to that yet, or have you not talked about, you know, how it kind of will play out here at the end? Um, you know, internally, I guess we've kind of had some of those discussions just looking at standings and numbers and tiebreakers and all that. For the kids, you know, we're very much in Patriots football mode where we're on to Pelham and only Pelham. Um, but, you know, for us, it's just exciting. I think after a couple of years of really not being in the conversation at this point, being in the conversation is, is really exciting for our guys. Um, looking forward to the playoff scenarios and, and trying to make the playoffs. It's been a goal of this team this season, and, and we certainly won't shy away from that. Um, and there's no complacency in that regard where we've won more games now than we've won in the last couple of years combined, but guys still kind of have that eye on the prize of understanding that we have bigger goals than just winning five games or, you know, hopefully getting a six win against Pelham. Um, you know, they see those challenges coming down. They're high school kids. They're going to look at it, and I'm not going to pretend that they don't know what's happening and, and what's coming up on the schedule next. But, you know, to, to be a playoff team should be hard. To win a state championship should be hard. And those those accomplishments should mean something. And we're fortunate enough to make it this year, and, and we play well against – St. Thomas and Wyndham, then, and then I think that shows that we're ready for that stage. Um, you know, those are two tremendous programs and two tremendous teams with, with great head coaches that have had all kinds of success. You know, they flip-flopped uh, division champs, and they've met the last two years in the division championship. So that's kind of like, I guess, the ultimate test for us before we could hopefully make it to the playoffs is seeing those two guys. And if, and if we can rise to the occasion, then we'll know where we're at as a team. You, you talked earlier about, um, you know, getting a couple of guys that got banged up uh, against Hollis. You lose uh, Dan Spezzaferi, what, in the second quarter of that game. Yep. Your top two running backs go down as well in that first half. How are those guys looking for this week? Are they coming back, or do you know or anything about that yet? Or is it something you maybe hold them out just to be safe? 
Um, I mean, clearly a quarterback, you guys. Uh, not, I, I don't know if uh, did Dan might have gotten um, Wally Pipp there by uh, hmm. Keenan Wilson. I mean, he came in and had uh, quite a performance there. Yeah, I was joking with Dan today that Keenan's performance shows that he must be a system quarterback and, and, <laughs> and not uh, the stupid Tom Brady thing that they are the, talking about with Garoppolo. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, those guys are all um, – they're doing a lot better, thankfully. Nothing looks to be too lasting or serious. Uh, Danny and, and Dan both had concussions, and they're in the concussion protocol, going through all that stuff, hoping to be able to return by Friday. Uh, Scott had a knee injury, and, and he's getting that checked out, but he's been feeling better than we thought he might at this point in time. So still don't have the official word on those guys, but you know we're hopeful that they're going to be able to come back on Friday, and, and if that's the right decision for them, then they'll play, and if we feel like it's better for them to kind of sit another week, then we'll do that. Um, so let, let's say that they're questionable right now Question. at this point. They, they, they're on the questionable. Uh, that's good. I probably, I'll probably get alert on my phone. I've been getting fantasy alerts all day, there it feels go. like, yeah. Yeah. with those uh, switches to questionable. Everybody's questionable these days. Yep. Um, you know, looking at the bigger picture, um, we kind of were talking about it there with the way you guys finish out this season. You know, but how much, how much as, a, as a coach do you get to be a fan sometimes and really – you know, look at what else is going on or maybe see some other games. I know you must do some scouting week to week, but how much of that is do you sometimes maybe take a moment to be like, you know, a, a fan? I, it's tough, you know, to be totally honest. It, it's pretty hard. Once you're in the grind of the season, you're, you're so focused on what you're trying to do. Um, you know, you're always trying to find that edge week to week of another hour of film study or trying to go see the team that you're – they're playing the next week if you happen to have a Friday and they're on a Saturday or vice versa. Um, so getting to see games as a fan once the season starts is is pretty tough. I, I look at articles and you're kind of aware of what's going on around the state. Like, you know, how like Plymouth and John Stark have the big showdown this weekend. And that's something that I'd love to go see as a fan of football and to see two, you know, great programs play and two great players in uh, McComber and, and McQuarrie kind of squaring off against one another. But for us, you know, the focus has to be on, on what we're trying to do right now. Um, and I'm hoping I don't get to be a fan until right around Thanksgiving at this point. Um, <laughs> Not much left to watch by then. Yeah, yeah, no, but that would be fine with me because we'd, yeah. be, we'd be playing. Um, I'm sure you've seen a, enough of McQuarrie the last couple of years anyways. You really don't. It being in the same conference there with John Stark for a while. Yeah. Uh, you probably probably saw enough of him. Yeah, I like to think, uh, unfortunately, we were probably his coming out party uh, his sophomore year. We were up 17 nothing on them in a game at halftime. And then he just turned into the player that he is. He was unbelievable. I can still think of a play. We had like a fourth and ten play where we blitzed his blind side, and I have no idea how he saw it. And he moved on a dime to get away from the blitz. It was actually Dan Curran on that blitz as a freshman, and he picked up the first down by like a yard, and he made four or five of those plays in that game where you just said, like, that's a different kind of athlete. Um, and, you know, I've had a lot of respect for him. They obviously beat us pretty good the year last year in our game at their place and you know we'd love to get another shot at him um and if i have to regret that when i see him then that's probably a good thing because it would be in the playoffs and i'd be okay with that so <laughs> i know kind of kind of weird that you've got you know john stark in the north conference but i guess that kind of provides a little bit of balance i don't i don't know uh some of those other with Bo and, and hillsborough being a little bit further north but it is what it is i guess uh or Bo is up there and i excuse yeah. me i don't mind never mind that but um, 
Yeah, you wouldn't see those guys until probably at this point if you get in semifinals maybe. Yeah, I mean, all that would, you know, if we're fortunate enough to get in, I think all that comes down to seeding and the way the seeding is going to work. You know, one and two will be those two teams the, from the conference winners. From the conference yep, yep. winners, and then three through eight is going to get seeded however they finish, and then it's just going to go across like that. So, you know, John Stark right now is having a tremendous season. They're undefeated. They got a chance to finish undefeated. They got a tough game against Plymouth left still. I think they got Bo left still. So there's a couple of games where they could, you know, shake out. We don't really know who's going to win that division or that conference yet. Excuse me. Um, so they could fall anywhere, I would imagine, from one to four. And then, you know, if we're, if we're fortunate enough to get in, it's going to depend on, you know, how many of these games we pick up along the way to see who we play. Um, but, you know, you've seen, I've seen enough of most of the teams in the state to, to be excited about getting in and, and, and thinking that we got a chance against anybody if we're playing our game the right way. Yeah, this, the way that Division Two is set up with the rating being how everybody's seated is uh, – it's one of those I tried to look at last year. You know, well, what what scenarios are there? If this team wins, what happens here? And it really is almost impossible because every single game, because of the rating, counts will have an effect yeah. somewhere down the line. So it really does mean even if, you know, let's say the last week of the season, there were no big games, so to speak. There will be, but, you know, say there wasn't, they'd still all be big because they'd have an impact somehow. Yeah, I think – you look at every division, Division One, Two, II, and Three. Um, the way that we've fallen out, they've done a tremendous job just creating that competition for playoff spots. I think I saw somebody talking about Division One, saying that this has been one of the most competitive years they've seen, where you have like three teams that could be in it in each conference. You look at our division, and uh, in both conferences right now, there's five or six teams in the mix um, for those those spots, uh, and it's gonna it's gonna come down to that last week. You got a lot of big games over that last week, and like you said, with that that two point swing that you get for uh, you know picking up uh, a defeated opponent, getting a victory, that adds up, and it makes that math almost impossible. You're not just looking at like a straightforward. Well, we're six and three, and we beat them head to head. All of a sudden, it's like well, we're six and three, and we beat them, but they beat you know X, Y, and Z, who each only had one win, and we actually beat. Pelham who just picked up a second win and that two points could be the difference and uh, it's it's crazy to think about so you know the biggest thing we talk about is just control what you can and, and right now we're fortunate enough to kind of have some control over the driver's seat a little bit so that's the best way to make sure you get in is just to make sure that it's not up to somebody else picking up a win over another team that's outside of your control. It's crazy to figure out but I will probably be dumb enough to try to figure it out that Thursday before the the final week if anyone uh, can it'll be you with all the playoff <laughs> predictions yeah. that you do between legion and every other sport oh i gotta fill up my time somehow there you go uh, all right uh thanks again paul for uh coming out here and, and joining me for uh the last half hour um definitely look forward to seeing uh what you guys do the rest of this season and uh good luck on friday friday or saturday we are week. on friday we We're actually friday. got a, we got a big one this friday it's uh it's homecoming and it's our special this is our 25th anniversary season so we're doing a Big celebration of that, having some of the former head coaches come back and stuff. So it's going to be an exciting Friday for us for sure. Oh, well, looking forward to hearing about it. Uh, for Paul Landau, my name is Joe Marcellina. Uh Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.